You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 58. Welcome to another episode of the Q's Podcast, where we'll talk to credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. On today's episode, our special guest is Jeff Fromm, president of FutureCast, author and Forbes magazine contributor. Jeff will be leading one of the deep dive sessions at the upcoming Q's 2018 ExecuNet. It's taking place August 19th to the 22nd at the Hilton Sedona Resort at Bell Rock in Sedona, Arizona. For more information on how to register, visit cues.org slash en. Some of the key takeaways from this episode include why studying generations is important in society and in business, how to identify distinctions between the needs of millennials and Gen Z, and the number one missed opportunity for financial organizations such as credit unions when it comes to millennials. Now it's time to go straight to my interview with Jeff Fromm. Jeff, it's a special treat to have you as a guest in the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Now, we're excited to have you as one of the featured speakers at the upcoming Q's ExecuNet. This unique event offers a deep dive into a series of topics relevant to credit union leaders. This professional development experience is open to credit union CEOs, senior executives, board chairs and directors, as well as supervisory committee members, and it's taking place this year in Sedona, Arizona, and runs August 19th to the 22nd of this year, 2018. Jeff, as you know, your session is entitled Strategies for Winning with Empowered Members. Jeff, can you give us a preview of what participants can expect from your session? Yes. A couple things. We first will want to get some facts about what today's modern consumers expect from brands. We'll also want to look a little bit at their technology habits. From there, we would like to cover ground related to what drives profit growth opportunity across generations, starting with younger consumers, but inclusive of Gen X and baby boomers as well. Finally, we will get into some more examples of best practices both among financial and non-financial brands, in terms of creating engagement and winning. Of course, we'll add some exercises along the way to ensure all of us are participating as opposed to just me sharing information and talking. Thank you. We appreciate that. And for listeners who have not attended the event in the past and are considering attending this year, please note that it is an opportunity to share in discussion and, and to engage with credit union leaders from a variety of geographic locations and asset sizes. That's great right there. And we also offer great content and great networking opportunities. The speakers like yourself, Jeff, have uh, designed their sessions to invoke generative discussions amongst the group. Last year's Q's ExecuNet was very highly received, and we look forward to another great opportunity for our members to grow and develop in their roles. Jeff, we have a lot of great content to discuss in today's show. I first wanted to start by asking you, like I ask a lot of our guests in the show, you know, as a means to start with a bit of inspiration. Jeff, do you have a mantra or success quote that you live by professionally? I'm known as being fairly tenacious, and I guess I tend to ask for permission once, and if I don't get a response, just beg for forgiveness later. I have written three books in the last five years, 
And I've managed to accomplish that by collaborating and by sharing information with people. But then if I don't get a reply, I just move on so they can read it when it's published. <laughs> nice. I like that go-getter attitude. Jeff, you have a lot of professional roles. You are a partner at the ad agency Barkley. You are also a contributing writer in Forbes. You're, like you said, co-author of three books, which we'll have a chance to discuss that later in the show. And you're also a founder of Share Like Buy. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a Millennials Insiders Marketing Conference, and you're president of Futurecast. Jeff, could you briefly tell us a little bit more about yourself and about the organizations you're affiliated with? Absolutely. The primary job I have is as president of Futurecast, which is an innovation and consumer trends consultancy, a subsidiary company to ad agency Barclay. So we work with clients of Barclay. And we also work with non-clients of Barclay. And so it's a wide range of brands from Amazon to Thrivent, all across the spectrum of types of industries. In terms of my personal focus, I focused on consumer trends for the past eight years. I led the first large study of millennials as consumers in a joint research project with the Boston Consulting Group in 2010. And that's how I ended up getting to the point of writing a first book and from there a second and a third. These are all research-based books. So we are a fact-based consultancy and we do work with a variety of different brands, financial and non-financial. Uh, in terms of the other roles, I was asked about four and a half years ago to be a contributor at Forbes. I accepted. So I write a column about every week, not, not every week because I'm not on staff, but almost every week. And uh, in terms of some of the other things, I did start a conference on consumer trends. It is called Share Like Buy. We cover trends with millennials, Gen Z, as well as older consumers. This year, it's going to be in partnership with the investment bank Jefferies. It'll be in New York City on September 26th. It's a free event, but you have to have an invitation, which means you have to have a very sincere interest in the topic. So for those who are interested, uh, get in touch. It's one day, New York City, September 26th, limited number of seats. There's no agenda, at least not public. It's a pop-up event. We, uh, we kind of keep it fast and furious. It is geared towards CEOs and C-suite members who are interested in how consumer trends impact profit growth, which will be a significant part of what we talk about in Sedona. Absolutely. In general terms, why is studying generations important in society and, of course, especially in business? Generations are not a homogenous cohort, but they give people clues about what to expect in terms of buying habits, technology usage, and shared experiences. If people graduated college in 2008, they have a shared experience of a, an economy that was uncertain. If people all were around at an age where they were old enough to know what was going on in 2001, they saw global terrorism come to the United States for the first time. So generations have shot common experiences. My father remembers exactly where he was when John F. Kennedy was shot in Dallas, Texas, right? So, so that's something that I have no frame of reference for because I was not old enough to understand that event. But, but the point is for business, it also helps provide information because many times youth culture is the canary in the coal mine on major trends that happen. I wasn't the first person to use Venmo. In fact, I wasn't the second, third, or fourth either. But if I want to pay the babysitter or the lawn boy, 
or any number of other people today, they look at me like I'm crazy if I say, can I write you a check? And so I use technology to, to empower that transaction. Likewise, I also pay for my coffee at Starbucks from a mobile phone. It's not really a phone. It's a modern-day Swiss Army knife capable of processing a lot of information from a lot of different people on an awful lot of topics. And we'll definitely get into that in Sedona. Excellent. Uh, that is a great general summary. Uh, and I know you're careful of not describing stereotypes. So uh, well-crafted set of statements there. Thank you. So based on that question, I want to dig a little bit further because you, you are a research organization, right? So based on your research and investigations, how is Generation Z different from the millennial generation? Well, we're definitely going to cover that in Sedona, but uh, Gen Z has security settings on high, and, and that was long before the Facebook conversation started in the last several weeks. Uh, millennials did not have security settings on high, so brands are going to have a new quid pro quo related to uh, data sharing, which is important because brands are going to need data to be able to customize and personalize communications and services and products and experiences. Also importantly, without getting into too much detail, because I want people to come to Sedona after all. Absolutely. Um, I think you have to think about never again beyond the public policy issues associated with what this Gen Z cohort has started. Most people are reasonably getting comfortable with the notion that we live in an age of transparency. Gen Z is going to make transparency a fail for brands. You're going to have to live in an age of proof, and I will talk about what is required in an age of proof. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. Another question I wanted to ask is actually a series of them is related to you know action-oriented thoughts and means. How does this knowledge of the consumer, or in the case of credit unions, how does this research on the member or potential member transcend to what credit unions could be doing to engage millennials and to engage Generation Z? Well. Every business has different strategies, so I, I would hate to make statements that are going to be incredibly inaccurate. I think the first step is understanding the trends, which is part of the reason to bring someone like me into Sedona. The second step, having done this with credit unions and banks uh, already, is to then apply the research to look at the products you offer, the guest experience you offer, the content you create that will help inspire, engage, and inform people to make better choices. And ultimately, the brand that you want to have in an age where the consumer's in control. Because we grew up, for most companies that have been in business at least 20 years, in an age of storytelling. And this consumer lives in an era of story living, and they have a lot of control of the experiences they have, and they expect brands to co-create their story. And Gen Z in particular is very interested in money matters. So it's going to be important that brands act quickly and decisively because they're starting to graduate college this May and form financial relationships. So it's a good time to be engaged with Generation Z. This is definitely on the mind of credit union leaders for sure. In your mind, what is the number one missed opportunity for financial organizations such as credit union when it comes to millennials? Probably not being willing to give up the equity you have in successful schemas related to your operations and marketing and products today in favor of new schemas that will better meet their needs but require time and energy to make these changes because the customer of today who's super important, spends lots of money, who's 50 or 60 years old, 
isn't going to have the same need states and use cases as this younger consumer has. Based on your research, how do you secure millennial loyalty? Well, loyalty is a tricky topic. First of all, many of today's millennial consumers grew up in an era where they saw their parents getting laid off from companies. And yet companies are saying you should be loyal to us, but we haven't been loyal to the people who work for us. There's a little bit of a a quizzical look I get sometimes when I'm talking to people about that. But I think the important thing to understand is loyalty is earned. And I could go buy Starbucks at lunch today, or for that matter, Chipotle, and I will see a long line of consumers. Consumers willing to pay a modest premium for the goods and services offered by these brands. So loyalty is earned by meeting need states that the consumer has. And in the financial services space broadly, not speaking to credit unions specifically, the rate of change has been relatively slower than in other categories and industries perhaps because of the cost to entry, the barriers to entry, the regulations involved. But there is a great opportunity to create loyalty if companies are willing to issue the equity they have in old schemas in favor of new schemas that better address the need states this consumer has. Wow, well said. Jeff, you have over 25 years of marketing consulting experience across dozens of brands ranging from Build-A-Bear Workshop to Whole Foods. As I was doing some research on you, I also noticed you are a board member. Actually, you have served on several boards in the past, and you are currently now a board member for two organizations. One is Three Dog Bakery, and the other is Tickets for Less. I'm curious, how has your skill set and knowledge base served as an asset to these organizations? Well, James, I think it's important to understand the role a board member has and the role a board member doesn't have. My job is not to be the marketing or strategy leader of the company, uh, nor to manage the executive team. My role is to help the company CEO and leaders understand what opportunities and pitfalls are in front of them, and then to provide whatever counsel they may need on some periodic basis in the case of these companies, we, we typically have a formal quarterly meeting that it would include other directors, and at which time we would review both backward-looking, historic, what's happened in terms of performance, but hopefully spend more of our time looking forward in terms of the opportunities and pitfalls relative to what we're trying to accomplish. And in both cases, you know, these companies are smaller businesses that I've been involved in for several years that have very high rates of growth. So that creates all kinds of growing pains, both both good and bad. And uh, that's been an interesting learning experience for me. At the same time, I think uh, been able to provide some advice that's been helpful to leadership. Thanks for your response. I ask that because although certainly not all attendees at the upcoming Q's ExecuNet will be comprised entirely of board of directors, a lot of them will be in attendance in addition to the other aforementioned credit union professionals. I think it is great they have an understanding of their role in the organization. That's important. Actually, that is quite special to have that experience and to be willing to share your expertise because I think there can be just a lot of dialogue just within your experience as board of directors member. Uh, what are a couple takeaways that you can share with a director audience? I mean, why is it important for the board of directors, for example, uh, to understand the culture of generations. How can they apply this in their role as a board of directors? Well, 
again, generations are not homogenous cohorts, so it's important to understand they provide clues, but not, not perfect information. I think if you're on a board, you're probably thinking about Tomorrowland quite a bit. And in Tomorrowland, oftentimes that means understanding the needs of people, not only who are customers today, but who will be customers in the not distant future. If I was on the board of directors of an airline, I'd be designing experiences probably that are, and thinking about issues that are several years out because of the capital costs of changing my fleet and because of the costs and time involved in changing the culture of a company that might include thousands of employees. And so understanding how generational changes are affecting needs and culture becomes important because there are big differences between today's 19-year-old consumer and my, you know, 70-something-year-old father, right? I mean, uh, they have different need states and different expectations. And to win them over, in both cases, will require differences in terms of an approach. And so the board's job is to understand how how the brand is going to move forward and to look at Tomorrowland real closely. So I think generations provide information that's valuable in thinking about Tomorrowland. Thank you so much. Now, uh, Jeff, our time's almost up, but I wanted to give the opportunity for you to share with our Q's podcast listeners information about your books. Can you give us a brief description of each book and where to find them? Yeah. Uh, the first book was called Marketing to Millennials. And this, this book was a, a view of the millennial generation very early on based on the large study we did with the Boston Consulting Group here at, at our company. The second book is called Millennials with Kids. It's also a marketing book, and it looks at how the new family has all kinds of new needs, including new needs relative to healthcare and financial services. And, you know, if we think about it, 10,000 women every day are having children, and these are millennials having babies. And there are tens of millions of millennials who've already done this. And by the time the Q's conference comes around, 10,000 more per day will have done that, right? So as the number one change we see in behaviors related to presence of child in the household, and that book is called Millennials with Kids. Uh, the, third, the third book that just came out is called Marketing to Gen Z, also a research-based book, looks at today's new college graduate and high school students born between 96 and 2010. So these young people are entering the workforce for the first time, including my son who just graduated last week and will start his, his uh, career. And they have very high interest in financial matters, retirement matters, money matters. Their interest in the topic is higher than prior generations. All of the books are probably most easily found at Amazon, but I suspect the new book, Marketing to Gen Z, can also be found in traditional bookstores and airport bookstores if one looks. And if anyone has a question about any of that, they can certainly get a hold of me prior to the Q's conference. And I'm looking forward to attending in Sedona. Hopefully I'll be in a day or two before the presentation I make and have a chance to visit with people. Wonderful. And congratulations on your success with the book. I know that last one is hot. It's warm. It's hot off the press, isn't it? It was just released uh, in March of this of 2018 here. Yes, yes. Now, listeners can, of course, connect with you at the upcoming Q's ExecuNet. Again, the event takes place at the Hilton Sedona Resort at Bell Rock in Sedona, Arizona, from August 19th to the 22nd. Check out that dynamic agenda, the speakers, and how to register at qs.org slash en. That's en for ExecuNet. Jeff, if listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they best reach you? 
feel free to call me or email. Email would be jfrom, J-F-R-O-M-M, at thefuturecast.com. J-F-R-O, Mary Mary, at thefuturecast.com. And my mobile's 816-682-5401. So I'm easily found. I'm also in LinkedIn and Twitter and everywhere else. And I will look forward to hearing from people either before the event or seeing you in Sedona. Excellent. Jeff, it's been fun. Thank you for spending some time with us on the show. Have yourself a great day. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to the show. For more talent development content from Q's, visit Q's.org now. That is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.